0: All right, today on Market Proof Marketing, we have Jason Hardy, the co-founder and CEO of Only, and the chairman of Chatterson. Jason, thank you for hopping on the program.
1: Uh, great to be here, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And this episode is hopefully proof we were just talking beforehand that I think a lot of builders, developers, uh, technology companies are incorrectly assuming that I am anti-buy online, online experience improvements. And any of this stuff, and that couldn't be for further from the truth. And it just happens to, to line up with uh, with Jason joining us today. Um, so, Jason, give us a quick background before we get to the technology company that you're founding and, and running now. Talk about your history in real estate. Twenty-one years, right?
1: Yeah, twenty-one years. I've been serving the home building and land development industry. That's it. You know, very very niche in that industry. We've been working for home builders and uh, community developers across the U.S. and Canada you know, during that entire career. I've been very focused on this industry. It's been my passion. I haven't really delved into any other industries. And I would say an innate focus on the customer journey is where we have focused over the past 21 years and where my focus has been. And uh, you know, over those years, uh, not a lot unfortunately, has changed. The way that this industry has operated in terms of that customer journey has been very much the same today as it was you know 20, 30, and, and 40 years ago. And uh, it, it's been incredible over the past 21 years to see so many other industries. Evolve and innovate and bring sort of frictionless customer experiences into the mix. And I think, you know, our industry is a bit notorious as being a bit old school and a a bit archaic. So there's been, you know, tremendous opportunity for disruption and growth to create, you know, a much more enjoyable customer journey.
0: I love it. In less than a minute, let me just finish that by saying, Jason understands real estate. So now we can move on to the fact that Jason is also trying to solve problems with technology in real estate but that's one of the beauties is you you've been around that you know it you know the problems you know those friction points so talk to us quickly about only and then I'm really excited to get into the the in-depth discussion that we can have around this topic and why it is complicated
1: yeah absolutely so you know only was an idea that it had been brewing in my brain for years But really, we started to conceptualize about a year and a half, two years ago, and it really it was, you know, well, pre pandemic and essentially in a nutshell, only is trying to become the Shopify for real estate, in particular, the Shopify for for new construction, allowing builders the ability to embed a shopping cart engine and checkout experience into their website. So the vision became the inspiration initially came from the automotive industry and for the past 23 years we've been able to shop online with price certainty and transparency for shop when shopping for an, a new vehicle and it was that experience and you know embarrassingly enough I had gone about 13 years without purchasing a new vehicle I've been driving the same vehicle around for many years and it was about 2 years ago that I went to purchase a new vehicle and I remember going through the experience online and being blown away by how much information that was being shared and the transparency and the trust that was being created by the automotive industry online, where I did the majority of my research and due diligence in advance of speaking to a salesperson. And it was that experience that really inspired me to create a very similar experience for the, uh, the new home construction industry.
0: I love it. And again, everyone... Most people listening will say that is the path and the example that we hear a lot of. Now it's gone all the way down to pizza, but it originally started with, I can design my car online. Why can't I design my house? Now it's down to pizza and tacos and um, everything else. But let me, let me throw this out sarcastically to be clear for those who can't see my face right now, do we need, we don't need this. It's already. We solved this problem at least a year and a half ago, maybe longer. Homes are getting bought and sold online all the time, right? (laughs) What's Um, what's wrong? Isn't this already solved?
1: Well, I think if it was solved, I probably would have gave up a long time ago. And I think um, I don't think it's been solved at all. I think there have been a few front runners that have wanted to stake claim of being the first to offer, you know, a fully frictionless online you know, shopping and, you know, the the buy now button or the mm-hmm. uh, online purchasing experience. Um, I will say that I've gone through every one of these and they're not doing it. I think at the end of the day, if you claim to be, you know, allowing your customers to complete the entire transaction online, you know, if you've got seven tabs open, on your browser window, you know, there's probably something wrong. There's some Um, friction. Yeah, there's some friction in the process. And, you know, it is a lot more complicated. Um, I don't believe that, you know, the, the front runners in this will be doing 10 other things. Um, I don't think you can be offering five or 10 other products and services and yep. create trust and transparency with consumers and say, oh, and by the way, we're going to add on a buy now button. I really think it needs to be a focused, dedicated solution that is backed by a safe and secure shopping experience that makes the com- the customer feel at peace with transacting for the single largest purchase decision they've ever made in their life online.
0: Yeah. Yeah okay so let, let's break up the the kind of the problem as i see it from those who have uh like you said staked the claim of being first is that the the right priority should be first what, what's best for the customer uh the second is obviously the builder has has to be right for the builder and, and connected to what's best for the customer because they have to deliver on that promise correct and then the third is is kind of the technology and, and instead what it feels like is, we put technology in the first spot and said, "Here's what we're capable of doing. We can we can let you raise your hand and say you'd like to reserve something, uh, and we can take some money from you. Uh, but then the rest goes to what the builder can can do, which isn't much more than email or say call or or stop in to finish right. this process. And then last is the customer experience. Right. And and we're using the excuse of, but the customer wants it. Look, they're doing it, um, which is not." Not the right signal to be looking at because we're in the, the lowest supplied housing market of, of all time right now. And so, of course, they're going to be willing to accept more friction and go through more hoops just to, to reserve something that is otherwise unreservable. Um, yes. But that's not proof that that we are really put the customer first and foremost in this. When that's, I think, the thing that grates me more than anything is like, look, the customer wants it and we're giving it to them. And like, no, you're, you're barely giving them a hint of what they really want.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly right. I think the the problem that we are trying to address and solve in the industry is you must put the customer first. You have to look at the customer journey, look at the friction points, look at the pain points within that customer journey, and deliver an experience that they are looking for. So, you know, mm-hmm. an online reservation system is not by now. Yeah, um, the two are not the same, and you know there are many many home builders in the country that are, you know, trying to become tech and prop tech companies to solve the problem. And we know how that story goes. Yeah. Um, I th- I think there needs to be dedication and focus on solving this problem, creating that frictionless online shopping and buying experience, putting that customer first.
0: Yeah. And it, it kind of strikes me as you're saying that even um, talking to Spencer Raskoff, the co-founder of Zillow. That that is how Zillow won, by the way. There was lots of portals that you could go to. But Zillow had at its core this idea of turning on the lights, giving the customer all the information they wanted to. And in particular, a kind of uh, quasi-math thing called the Zestimate that drove uh, customer intent to to go find out what is the value of, of these properties around me. And that's, how, that's how ultimately how Zillow ended up dominating to the point where, as we talked about with Spencer, that, that whole search part is now uninteresting. It's like it's it's so heavily dominated by uh, the the platform that won. Um, and so you're right. I think even if people have some noise now, if, if they don't keep the customer centered and continue to give them what they want first, ultimately, um, there is no walled gardens that are going to keep you safe. And I think um, without going into names at all, I think that was... That that's something that I imagine you're experiencing as part of this problem. And, and now we're kind of shifting from high level to some to some uh needed redefinitions or definitions and explanations of why this is hard. But one of those is that because it's so complicated, like you're saying, I'm in complete agreement that uh maybe counterintuitively when something's really complicated, you actually might need to split it into smaller tasks and have a larger pool of vendors addressing each task to the best of their ability. Correct. And, and builders, Hey, we're, we we do not most of us don't love technology to the point that, that that is an exciting sounding thing. Wait, more vendors, wait, more, more people have to, can I just go to a one-stop shop that just does all this for me? So kind of break down as you see the the lines between all the different parts of this process. Uh, and I can just start by saying visualization is is a part. Mm-hmm. And I love your term the shopping cart experience because you're going to have to define that. Like to many of us, a shopping cart is just that thing in the corner with a number on it that we right. leave stuff in when we when we don't check out. Um, but but how, how do you just see, see the current landscape or or the idealistic landscape of how these things should be divided?
1: Yeah, and so the the one piece, I think that, Kevin, that you hit the nail right on the head is that, you know, I think what consumers are looking for is they're looking for a unified experience. And um, what that requires is, I think, from an only perspective, if I was trying to be all things to all people, I will probably die trying. Um, it's not going to work. If I'm trying to be the floor plan uh, visualization company doing 3D renders and virtual staging, if I'm trying to do every aspect of the process, uh, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to end up winning at the end of the day. And so what we've really tried to do, and if you look at the, the Shopify model as a great example, is we've created a digital storefront and we are a unified Shopping cart experience for the consumer because they want a unified experience. They don't want to open up seven browser windows to be able to get to making an offer or buying now. Uh Um, So, in our particular platform, what we've done is we've gone out and partnered with the best in the business, uh, best in the country that are our experts at that particular piece of the puzzle. And we've embedded them, integrated them seamlessly into our unified- You're about visualization
0: systems experience. into your system.
1: Absolutely. I mean, our only is not trying to be a floor plan visualization company. It's not what we do. We are focused on the e-commerce, the transaction experience. So instead of trying to build what someone else has already built very, very well- We've scoured and looked across the country to say, who are the best companies in the business that are doing floor plan visualizations and 3D fly throughs and virtual renderings? And we have embedded them into our platform. We're doing the same thing with the capabilities for mortgage financing, you know, partnering with the biggest and best in the business, doing the same thing with identity credential verification. And so there's a number of different stages of that customer journey. And we're not trying to be the experts of them all, but we want to be that unified resource where that customer can have a seamless, frictionless customer journey and really be using the best of the best in terms of service providers from each. Of those different friction points within that customer experience. Yeah, I think. So the more you know, sound.
0: Um <laughs> what, what really just amps me up when you're talking through that is it's not just that you're not trying to be the best, it is understanding that the, the variety of solutions that are going to be needed to align all three of those things again, what the customer wants, what the builder is, to, is set up to deliver and what technology can accomplish, there is going to be at each one of these phases, visualization, the e-commerce, the, the, the uh, mortgage, everyone's going to have a different way to get to that final solution. That's right. And I think that's what I, if I was just going to re-say anything, it's like anyone who says, we're just going to do all of it <laughs> uh, is going to end up creating a huge hammer that can only be operated or swung a single way and then ultimately, for the first two parts, again, it goes back to my analogy, the first two parts for the customer and the builder, it may not work. And so free free piece of advice, this is really going to make people hate me. If you're a large ERP system of any kind, uh, like I'm not going to say any names, but I'm just thinking all the ones that I can think of off my head, they're not even really anymore created around the concept of we are the ERP for this size, this style company. It's now like... We're all we're all basically servicing any builder who will sign up for us at any scale, at any level of customization, at any level of digitization. And it's wow, holy cow! Is there an opportunity for, for for kind of the same thing you're talking about of like we are the ERP for and 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 claiming your niche so that you can create exactly what the customer and the builder need. And so, again, now this is a question, but what you're saying is the shopping cart experience is complex enough on its own mm-hmm. and may right. require enough variety to interact with visualization and other systems to meet how the builder and customer need that in order for us to iterate as fast and be as nimble as we need to be to deliver on that solution we have to stay focused on on what we do
1: that's right and you know we are staying in our lane and i you know i couldn't be more serious about that statement is we're focusing on the shopping cart checkout, that e-commerce experience for the customer, that's where we're staying. I'm not trying to be the the ERP. I'm not trying to be the floor plan visualization company. I'm not trying to be the banker or the mortgage broker. We know that there's all these very complicated pieces to the process, but we also know that there are subject matter experts and leaders in each of those different disciplines and domains that I'm not trying to beat. I'm trying to, and it might be the Canadian in me, but I'm trying to work with them and trying to collaborate and say, you're the best at what you do. Let's embed you into our platform to create this unified experience for the customer. And, you know, the one thing that I've noticed over the past, you know, year or two, there's been some pretty serious acquisitions from mm-hmm. all the major ERPs over the past year, and they've all raced to try and solve this problem with a, you know, a bolt on solution. And we can already see that it's not working because the the solution of a floor plan visualization tool is not an e-commerce platform whatsoever. It is you, one- So,
0: so we're, we're going to have to help everyone with what that means. So why isn't uh, a visualization system the the answer? Um, and why does it need to be broken apart? As, as specifically as an, let's just try to create a, f- a fictitious example or a real example of, if I'm looking at a kitchen rendered in front of me mm-hmm. and I like that cabinet, and it has uh, a, a three three word description, <laughs> uh, a somewhat realistic looking grain texture, and a price. What is it about that that needs to be translated to a true shopping cart experience? That is just kind of help connect the dots. I know it's a, a like I'm asking uh, for one plus one equals two here from yeah, you. Yeah, but... definitely.
1: I mean, I just think it's such a different capability. While we are focused on e-commerce, you know, I don't know a lot about floor plan visualizations and changing the colors of cabinets from cherry to walnut or changing the floor colors from a you know an engineered hardwood to a you know a granite that's just not something that we're familiar with and that's something that the consumer wants to do it helps them get to a buying decision and you know one of the things that we're really focused on and I believe it now more than ever before is that the day of the salesperson is almost dead um, consumers don't want to be sold anymore. No one wants to be sold. People want the opportunity to educate themselves in advance. They want to be able to do their own research in, in advance. Uh, those, of, those
0: all the salespeople
1: out there. Scared. In advance, of they want to be able to educate themselves in advance of speaking to a salesperson, just like we do when we're buying a vehicle. You don't walk into the dealership now and spend three hours speaking to a salesperson and say, educate me and tell me about this vehicle. You've done your research and due diligence online. And so I look at the role of the floor plan visualization tool, the 3D renderings, that is helping educate the customer in terms of what they want and what they're looking for. And at the end of the day, once they've made the decision that this is the the community, this is the home, this is the elevation, these are the features, the upgrades, the specifications that I'm looking for, they take that home and they love that home and they drop that into their shopping cart. And now they're ready. And that's where the customer journey starts to change. That's where that prospect turns into an actual lead. And you know, you've got this home in the shopping cart, and now their psyche changes because they found the home that they're looking for. And now they're thinking about, how can I buy this home? And in the market that we're in today, where demand exceeds supply, they want to be able to have that home before the next five people that are standing in line are going to get it.
0: Got it. Okay. So so I'm just gonna keep digging on on that. So so once things are in the shopping cart, I want to change things out. Do I need to go back to the visualization system to do that? Is that optional? How how does that how does that back and forth?
1: Yeah, so you know, we've we've seen some amazing data, you know, in our first six months of being live. You know, we've gone from zero to twelve customers in six months. One of the things that we've seen is that the average time that a consumer spends on a home builder's website in North America is just under two minutes. It's a minute and 45 seconds on average. When we've seen only deploy, that average time on site actually increases to 12 minutes and 45 seconds per session. And a lot of that has to do with the floor plan visualization tool. But what we're finding is people aren't building and pricing or customizing one home. You know, and you think about it, it's the same thing with the vehicle. You know, they're going and doing three or five six or seven models, and putting them into their shopping cart. They're going back and rebuilding again. Mm-hmm. And they're comparing the two builds or the three builds that they did and trying to decide which floor plan is right for their family, which community is right for their family, which elevation is most appealing from a you know a curb appeal perspective. And so we don't think that they put the one home in the shopping cart and that's it. We actually see it that you know we're seeing 78% of consumers that what when we have only deployed on a builder's website 78% are coming back more than four times to rebuild more homes and so we think it's it's a journey that's taking days and sometimes weeks where the customer isn't falling in love with one particular home they're falling in love with a number of homes
0: okay i i'm not that smart jason so i think i think a light bulb just went off for me um when we think about anything else that we have a shopping cart experience with, I do that with cars, certainly, and Land Rover. If you're listening, I hate you because you only let me have a car, so I can't build three cars and compare them or or uh, look at it that way, which would be very interesting. But the concept of someone keeping a home in a cart for a prolonged period of time or over multiple visits should be driving out different insights for. Online salespeople, for traditional salespeople, for marketers, and so even within that world, once you connect the visualization with the what's in the cart and the price and the item numbers and all the the logic around that, there's still more space to be to be mined, so to speak, of just what is in that cart, how long has it been there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who else needs to know that it's there in terms of in the, from the builder, and so it it seems like it's it's potentially that amount of time that offers up a lot of additional insights.
1: Tons, I mean, you know, honestly, the the secret star of the show here with only is data. You know, we've been aggregating consumer data, consumer buying behaviors and preferences since day one. And the data is what blows my mind the most, but that, that data is now fully transparent and accessible to that builder. You know, they have the ability, the community sales teams, the sales managers, those at corporate have the ability to go and look at the the most popular models and elevations, selections, the options, the upgrades, how long that home has been sitting in a shopping cart, which home has been favorited. But then moreover, they can take that home and be able to see which of the five or six homes that they've placed in that shopping cart, which, which of the homes is the winner. Which is the one that they ended up going with and you can see those analytics and those metrics and the data points that can really provide some really incredible incredible insights to the builder to help determine what exactly it is consumers are looking for
0: so this is intentional for those of you who are going to get frustrated that you can't see the screen and jason we cannot mention this builder they, this builder just sent me um, a link to one of their floor plan pages And said excitedly, I can't wait to enter this into the MarketProof Awards uh, for 2022 as best floor plan page. But but on this page, what they're showing is, is data and predictive data to the customer of the percentage of time that a home or floor plan is sold before it reaches a certain stage of construction or a series. There's percentages and graphs and charts just talking about the pace of sales and how much consumers like a floor plan. And I think there is a big gap. Builders know what's selling. Uh, in today's world, though, the The risk here is that a lot of what's selling is what we have spec out. Uh, so, so we're not getting the same feedback loop of what the customer ideally would want if they could start from nothing. And that's, again, where a tool like Only uh, c- could greatly assist of, you might still only be offering um, your 400 pre-started inventory homes for sale for the rest of this year because the the market is what it is right now but if they can still build their own uh, separately and add it to a cart and you can see all that data there's there's really good insights there that can hopefully be rolled into the next round of inventory homes that you choose to to spec out and build
1: yeah indeed i mean the data is the star of the show here and you know we look at the average, uh, home builder in North America is designing 30 to 50 new models every single year. And of those 30 to 50 new models, only five to seven of them are their top sellers. Yeah. Um, so there, there is just so much insight uh, to be gained from the data that is, you know, the overwhelming amount of data that's being output uh, from only, and it's not just the floor plan visualization part of the process. It's how long they're keeping that home in the shopping cart and, you know, how much, People are getting approved for for mortgage financing and validating their identity and how many people they need to be putting on title. And as you go through legal conveyancing and insurance and title transfer processes, there's a lot to be gleaned on that customer beyond just options and upgrades.
0: Don't we don't we don't talk about any of that? It's like my kids with I haven't seen Encanto, but apparently we don't talk about Bruno as all the rage with kids. Um, <laughs> we, we don't talk about all that stuff because that it's okay. Like that. We can't talk about buy online and get into all those words you just said. So we just Just keep it quiet. Yeah. I mean, even conceptually to, to, to be able to put homes into your cart, go to your mortgage partner, get pre-approved for a certain amount and potentially have the cart auto update or shade or somehow note, Hey, these, these are just fine. This floor plan might work, but you'd have to remove some options. Let us help you do that. Um, there there really is more to what a shopping cart means in the home builder world than that that quick in-between thing from I've identified what I want to putting in credit card information and checking that's out. Great. There's this whole other, it, it's just a longer, again, I, I don't know why I'm, it's just, just given to me coming as a realization of, of why that's important. Okay, if you're looking and partnering with all these other companies, has it been? more difficult or, or easier than you thought it would be to to find those partnerships for, for people to be open to that concept? Because it seems like uh, until about, and maybe you started this, but until about six to eight months ago, every visualization company I've ever interacted with has basically said, you know, no, 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 we're, we're, we're going to have our own option. Like we're going to do this end to end. Have they just found that it's too hard or did you coerce them, convince them, use your Canadian charm? You
1: know, I I, I think it's still a work in progress, Kevin, to be honest with you. Um, You know, I think many of the floor plan visualization companies out there still perceive us to be a threat Um, when we're not. We're a very synergistic, complementary integration partner where we have the ability to help scale their business tremendously. And I think some of them may have believed that, geez, okay. well, we're going to do that. You know, we're going to do floor plan visualizations and we're going to add the buy now button. And it's that simple, and it takes you to a registration page, and you place a uh, electronic e deposit, and it's that simple. And I think what we're they're probably learning is it isn't that simple. And I think the front runner and leader in terms of a solution provider for the true e commerce shopping cart checkout experience, they need to be solely focused on that part of it. There's a if again, if you put yourself in the shoes of the customer. What is the customer looking for? You know, in buying the single largest purchase decision of their life, they want it to be safe and they want to feel like it's secure. It needs to be secure. This can't be a bolt-on.
0: Uh, yeah, and again, to, to be solution. clear, the difference in security is there when we're talking about going to contracts. Meaning, like, isn't it weird? I feel like it's weird that I even have to go back to like we're talking about actually purchasing the home online. That's right. We're not talking about just uh, a. A build and price tool, but we're talking about taking it all the way to the end. And so security is paramount.
1: paramount. And so the amount of resources that we've had to invest into security infrastructure, into customer safety and protecting data and privacy, not only of the customer, but also the builder our builder customers that are mm-hmm. using the platform and entrusting us to provide the shopping cart checkout experience is mammoth and i don't think that you know and i could be wrong and i may be proven wrong but i don't think that you know floor plan visualization companies can just bolt this on i don't think erp providers can just go and yeah. bolt this on well, i think it needs to be a standalone solution
0: but on the positive side are there any ERPs or visualization companies that have that that you want to uh, give a high five to publicly of just like these guys are have been great to work with?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are um, you know Focus 360. You know, they've been an amazing team, and I think they're a great you know example of a an integration partner. We call them ecosystem partners uh-huh. that we're excited to work with. Why? because they're really focused on staying in their lane and being the best at what they do. You know, Focus 360 has been doing, has been in business for 30 plus years, and they've stayed true to what they do. They're not trying to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the partnerships that we look for of people that have become subject matter and domain experts in what they do by staying in their lane and staying true to what they do very, very well. That's a, you know, that's a really great example
0: let talk about how the data gets into the system. Um, obviously, a lot of ERPs, like we keep coming back to, Bald Gardens, not, not interested as of yet partnering. Although I, I have to quickly say this one example. There was a builder who about a year and a half ago that we work with who sells um, over 500 homes a year, well over 500 homes a year. In a, in a, a single market though, uh, put on a buy now button on every home site uh, and every home. And um, after two or three months, they, there was not even a single full completion of, of submitting an offer, but it was there. Um, so so it really does highlight that it's, it's not that simple. Um, but but how are you, for the 12 partners you said you have now, how are you getting the data in? How much of that data is um, autom- automatically pulling from a system, kind of, again, highlighting the, the 12 folks you have now, how, how is the data getting into only?
1: Yeah, so it, it all depends. And I mean, to your point, um, there's these large walls of security, you know, these ERPs are typically and very historically don't play well with others. Uh, There's no API calls. They don't share them back and forth. However, a lot of builders, what we're seeing are becoming very sophisticated and sort of working around the ERP and having their own data warehouses and being able to say, okay, well, you know, if you're not going to be friendly and share with our partners that we want to work with, we will house a lot of this data on our own and we will be able to supply it to the partners that we need. So I think that's what we found so far. I mean, we have a... Let me
0: fill in the gap there again for people to know what a data warehouse is. Uh even the ERPs who don't allow real-time back and forth information, which is ultimately where we need to get to, right, Jason? Ultimately Correct. we need to get to we to have to be able to work
1: together. One day the ERPs will understand we are not a competitive threat. We are very yeah. complementary. We can help their business and we will they will allow for integrations, these e-commerce integrations such mm-hmm. as only it's yeah. it's it's time.
0: But e- even now, the ones who don't allow real-time back and forth have ways to create backups of data on a certainly nowhere close to real-time. Sometimes it's a couple hours, sometimes it's once or twice a day. Correct. And then the builder can take that data, put it onto their own server, physical or in the cloud, correct. and then that allows only to access the data to, to keep it as updated as possible in near in, in real-time.
1: Yeah, and so all of the customers using our platform today are doing data syncs and data mm-hmm. updates of pricing, specifications, huh. options, availability <laughs> of inventory. Uh, yeah. They're doing all of these things somewhat in real time. Like I think most of them are updating once or twice per day. Okay. And you know, with current commodity price fluctuations and supply chain constraints that are changing, you know, the the cost of that home literally on an hourly or daily basis. This is pretty good. Now, would a seamless integration into an ERP be the ultimate solution? It absolutely is, and I think it's a matter of time before some of yeah. these ERPs come around and realize maybe we should be a bit more open to integration partnerships.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt. I hope a couple of them are listening and and thinking to themselves they need to reconsider uh, consider that stance. Okay, last thing then for for the builders listening who whether they're ready or not, what would be you know, you, you went to the builder show. I'm sure you went to a lot of different presentations around this topic and and wanted to um, jump out of your skin and just start start pontificating. But for builders who are I, I went to a couple and there were questions about how do we get ready? How do we prepare ourselves? What do we need to be thinking about? I know there was one session you and I were both in where someone said, How do I just get my team? Uh, collectively, the, the management team to understand all the work that's going to need to go into making this happen. Um, what What would you advise a builder to to be doing or thinking about to prepare themselves for creating a true shopping cart experience?
1: Yeah, and I think it's not a it's not an if it's a when. Um, and some builders want to be at the forefront. They want to be the innovators. You know, It's a, it's an absolute value proposition and unique selling proposition to be the first in your market to, to bring a frictionless online shopping experience to your customers. It's a huge opportunity. And so I think what needs to happen, to be honest with you, it's a bit of a change management process. Um, it needs to be something that from the top down in these organizations, they need to fundamentally agree that this is the direction we're going in. It can't be someone in the IT or the marketing department or the sales manager that thinks it's a great idea and no one agrees with them. What we've seen is our successful deployments to date. It's been everyone in the organization agrees that the future is now and that the frictionless online shopping experience is here to stay. And everyone from top to bottom agrees and is working collaboratively together to be able to deliver this customer experience that they know That prospective purchasers are looking for. And so I think it, you know, what, you know, if I had to boil it down to one thing, it would be consolidated buy in from the entire company, from top to bottom, that everyone agrees. And I think if you can get everyone in the organization really excited about providing an online shopping cart, a frictionless shopping experience for their consumers, then it can be done very, very easily. What we're finding is with some of the organizations where we have a lot of support at the top, um, where it starts to trickle downhill, there's people that are are resistant or reluctant, and and are trying to stop it. That don't want things to change, don't want things to evolve. But the pandemic has truly expedited consumer demand for a frictionless online shopping experience. So you know we are, you know, and, we, and even on
0: the sales rep side, I mean, there there certainly would have been a point in time where the majority of of salespeople sitting in show homes or model homes would say. I do not want real-time availability of all this stuff visible. And now there's been enough pain, which is one of the things that's required for change to happen. That's right. Uh, There's enough pain of, I do not want another person calling me and asking. It's it's like the Best Buy store near me has reverted to just having black and white printouts from a normal printer that says there are no PS5s and they just tape it in the front of the window. It's like, (laughs) couldn't we find some other way of, of... so I think the front line is less what I'm worried about, and I'm 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 going to echo because I am in full agreement. It is buy-in, um, but I think we tend to focus on the the kind of trickle down effect in that and that pushback. And I think that's one potential danger zone. The other though is um, buy-in from the top, but then the top not understanding where their skill set and awareness needs to be passed on to the middle or bottom level managers who actually understand how to communicate. So again, back to those those three things, the customer, the builder, and technology. Uh, obviously, the CEO of an organization has to understand how the builder f- fits into all of this and agree with the fact that we're doing this for the customer. But then you know, for the CEO to just specify, and we're going to use this because it's connected to our existing ERP, or we're going to use this because my granddaughter, grandson, whoever says it's cool, uh, I think that's just another big red flag is empowering the team and the right people in the team. You can give opinions and you can give feedback. Um, but when it comes to technology, I, I do think there's something to be said about feedback and opinions to the extent that you actually know what the hell it is you're talking
1: about. <laughs> yeah, I, I would completely agree. I think buy-in from the team, is critical. I think you have to empower your frontline sales ambassadors. I think, you know, when you look at great salespeople in our industry, they're really great at selling. So allow them to focus their time and effort doing what they do best and allow technology to vet the consumers and dish them up with the information so they can you know, be very focused on providing a great customer experience. And I think that's the fundamental shift that is taking place as we speak in the new construction industry in North America right now is the transition away from the salesperson to the trusted advisor. And I think that's what the customer is looking for. They don't want to be sold by someone. They want to deal with someone who's going to help them make a great decision. That's going to create a really great, memorable customer experience that is going to create loyalty and have that customer coming back every three to four or five years to buy their next home from them again because they had that incredible experience with them
0: yeah i think it's it's like you said let them do what they do best and the other thing that's a big source of fear is well what that what is that going to mean to my income if i'm a really good salesperson i think it's a, a perfect uh glenn kelman the ceo of redfin uh, on fortune uh, article that that came out a couple of days ago so that, you know, he thinks there will certainly be agents who will make $700,000 because they're going to be able to scale themselves in a way with technology and what makes them unique and uniquely gifted to even be involved in a higher number of transactions. And so the margin on what someone makes per transaction might shift, but the, but the best people are going to be able to do more and, and and potentially earn more.
1: Couldn't agree more. I I think this is really empowering the best of the best out there to be better and to actually be even more successful than they've been in the past by leveraging the new technology and the new tools to provide a more seamless, frictionless customer experience that the customer is actually seeking.
0: Yeah. Jason, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today and diving deeper into why this is complicated. I know we're both um, bullish on the fact that this is where things are heading. We just got to get there in the right way. And I'm, I'm, really glad to see that um, you're, you're approaching this with the level of thoughtfulness that I think it requires.
1: Well, Kevin, I appreciate the time today and the opportunity to, to chat with you. I really enjoy it. I mean, you definitely uh, get it is an understatement, but it, it's been great having this conversation with you today. Thank you kindly.
0: I'm sure we'll have you back.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Kevin.